Greetings and hello, fellow Trekkies. Welcome back to another episode of Yelling About Star Trek. My name is Christian Fox, and this is the show where I yell at you about all things Star Trek for your amusement, so I'm not yelling at my friends and family who don't want to hear my thoughts and theories on this fantastic franchise. Today, I want to discuss Strange New Worlds and give my review of Season 1. But before we get into all of that, make sure you get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiny spare boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the Archer Maneuver, and brace for impact, because things are about to get nerdy. So, Strange New Worlds. We've talked so much about Strange New Worlds in this podcast, or rather, I have talked about Strange New Worlds so much because we are not we. I am not part of the Borg where we say we and not I. So I have talked so much about Strange New Worlds. And all I can say is that this show is amazing. This is perhaps the best first season of any Star Trek that we have ever seen in history. Okay? I mean, in history, this is This is wild to me because we've had a lot of great first seasons. I would say Discovery was actually a very good first season. I was engaged with it. Uh, Voyager was a fairly strong first season. There was a lot of uh, really cool ideas and a lot of really good storylines that, you know, we thought we were going to get explored. It didn't necessarily pan out that way. I still love Voyager, but... Voyager didn't necessarily live up to the potential that was set in season one. So there's been some great first seasons, but let me tell you, no season has come close to this. For one thing, I can't think of a single stinker. There were some episodes that I didn't like as much as other episodes, but there weren't any episodes where I was like, okay, whoa, this is a night at sick bay. This is threshold or this is um what's the one code of honor that everybody talks about you know it's not one of those episodes it was just an episode where they were just episodes where i was kind of like yeah you know i'm still engaged but i'm not quite feeling it as much but yeah i'm still in i'm still loving the characters the mystery is pretty cool so overall it it's been amazing and i'm just and i'm just baffled because i i don't think any of us thought that it would be as good as it is or was because well star trek especially new trek has had a pretty rough go and i don't think the majority of fans have been in love with with where the series has gone and even if you look at like again 90s trek and even you look at original series there were a lot of stinkers in those first seasons. In fact, there are stinkers in every season, but not Strange New Worlds. And I'm just so curious as to why. I think part of it might be that they were only doing 10 episodes, but still adhering to the formula that worked well with, say, TNG and with the original series, which is let's do standalone episodes, but still taking some of the lessons that were learned from DS9 and combining those two things so you get standalone episodes and you also get character development and overarching storylines but it's not like every episode is about that one specific thing but it's like oh yeah remember that the fact that captain pike is dealing with a trauma that hasn't happened yet which how how do you deal with the trauma that hasn't happened yet but you know it's going to be happening in a decade or so so that's a really cool way of hey let's let's have a consistent arc let's have an overarching storyline 
without it feeling like the worst example I can think of was Discovery Season 4, where it's like, okay, we got to find the 10C. All right, where's the 10C? Now we found the 10C, but now we got to go through the barrier. But first we got to stop off of this planet, and then we got to get some minerals that are going to help us get through the barrier. Then we got to get through the barrier. Now we're here. We're going to talk to the 10Cs and all this stuff where it's like, okay, I like I like a one central storyline, but it, it can just start to feel like, okay, let's, let's do something else. Like even DS9 did a great job of balancing the Dominion War with, well, let's have an Odo episode. Let's have a quirky, a, a quirk episode. They, they did a great job of that. So I think Strange New Worlds has really done an amazing job. And when you reduce the episode count from the usual 24 that we used to see back in, back in the 90s and early 2000s when Enterprise was on and reducing that to 10 episodes, I think is great because now you're not just having to pump stuff out there. You're not like, okay, well, we got to get 24 episodes. So if we do have a night in sick bay, well, then we'll have to deal with it because we need, we need something for that week. So the fact that they don't have to deal with 24 episodes, I think is amazing. And I think it's it's fantastic that, yeah, they can really just tell a concise story, or even though I know the stories were spread out, but have a really concise show where it's like every episode is a hit. Every episode is awesome. Overall, I loved all the episodes, but there were two episodes that I didn't love as much, and these were The Ghosts of Illyria and The Elysian Kingdom. So for me, both of those episodes were actually very good because they had a great Star Trek E feel and that it was like, ooh, cool mystery, some weird techno babble going on, and some very poignant character moments. But for some reason, those two episodes didn't hit quite as hard as the other ones for me. So they weren't my favorites, but my gosh, they were not bad episodes. Even at their weakest moments, Strange New Worlds is so strong. And I'm still in awe. I'm going to keep saying this throughout the podcast. I'm still in awe of how good Star Trek Strange New Worlds is just because of everything we've seen with New Trek. And granted, there's been a lot of good New Trek, but there's been a lot of bad New Trek. And for me, I haven't been able to get the same sense of, man, I'm in love with this the way that I'm in love with TNG or the happiness that I feel when I'm watching Enterprise Season 3 for the fifth time or probably 10th time by now. But Strange New Worlds has that, and it has me feeling excited and happy whenever I watch it. And we have to talk about Equality of Mercy, because I have not discussed that episode yet. And Equality of Mercy was just one of those episodes where I was yelling at my TV and swearing at my TV the whole way through, but I was swearing and yelling out of pure joy. I just, I couldn't believe it. It's like, okay, cool. They're, they're on a cool mission. And I was like, always happy to see Captain Pike cooking. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. He's making uh, not an omelet, but he, he's got some spaghetti and he's whipping up some eggs on the spaghetti and he's pan frying it. I'm like, Ooh, I've got to try that. I don't know why I'm doing this weird move. If you're watching the video version, I'm doing this little weird dance because I'm excited about his cooking. And I was like, all right, I'm in. And then his lady friend showed up. I don't know why I'm saying lady friend. I forgot her name. But my grandpa used to say lady friend. So that's what I'm using. And I was like, oh, good. They're going to try to continue that storyline and really explore the character. So I was in from the get-go. But then, of course, when when future Captain Pike showed up, he was future Admiral Pike. And he was wearing the maroon uh, uniform that we 
see in Wrath of Khan, I was I was just like, oh my gosh, how can this be any better? Now, granted, I didn't love the new uniform as much. I think the Strange New Worlds costumes have knocked it out of the park by updating the classic uniforms and giving it a nice texture. But for some reason, I wasn't feeling the new textures on the maroon uniform as much. But still, I was hyped. And then when it's like, all right, well, you, you got to show you why why you got to get in this accident, why you can't live past this certain time. And then we get into the future scenario and we see a wedding and I'm like, ooh, a wedding, two people getting married on a starship on the original Enterprise. And there was Romulans mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Is this balance of terror? Is this balance of terror? And then we get to the bridge and they're like, okay, there's a bunch of outposts. Outpost whatever is getting destroyed. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's Balance of Terror. It's Balance of Terror. They're recreating Balance of Terror. And it's like, I was so ecstatic that I wanted to run around my house screaming, it's Balance of Terror. And and honestly, if I could have run out of my house and ran around the block telling everyone about this and not be laughed at and be like, okay, dude, get out of here, I would have done that because I was just like, they're recreating Balance of Terror. And then I'm watching the episode. I'm all excited. And then I notice... The lighting, the lighting on Ortegas's, Ortegas's, Ortegas face. Sorry, <laughs> I apologize. I'm way too excited. And the lighting on Ortega's face. And it's like, my gosh, they're recreating the lighting from Balance of Terror. How cool is that? They're recreating the lighting from like 60 years ago. This is phenomenal. So I was, I was in this whole time. I thought the episode was near perfection. My only gripe with the episode, to be completely honest, was Ortega. I thought, okay. I get what they're doing. They're like, Ortega, she has to be the Styles character. She has to be the one who's like, Romulans, oh, we got to kill the Romulans. Let's start a war. Oh, Spock, you're a Romulan. What? Uh, and it's like, come on, you've known Spock for, what, seven years now? You know he's a good guy. And Ortega, you're always supposed to be fun. You're not traumatized by the Romulans, and you're not hateful. So it seemed a little out of place. And granted, there are seven years of history that we haven't seen. So we don't know what could have led to Ortegas being a little bit more racist, shall we say, and a little bit more angry. So I get it. But to me, it was still a bit odd to have that. Why not just have Styles come back or or something like that? Because then we could have at least understood, okay, not everyone's going to be here because this is the future. So of course, the crew is going to look a little bit different than when we last saw the Enterprise 10 minutes ago. <laughs> or however many years, like seven years ago, according to the timeline. So that that was a little bit frustrating for me. But overall, the episode was amazing. I know that there's some concern around the new Captain Kirk and whether Paul Wesley was up to the job. I think he was, personally. I think he did a good enough job as Captain Kirk. I would say, from having only watched it once, and probably we'll do a rewatch of that soon, that that this new Captain Kirk was maybe only 60% of the Captain Kirk that we know. Maybe he only had like 60% of Captain Kirk swagger, which is a little bit strange, but it makes sense to me because one, I think it's very different in that he's not captain of the Enterprise. He's captain of the Farragut, which is, you know, no disrespect to the Farragut. It's a fine ship, but it's not the Enterprise. I feel like, wait, Sorry, I'm quoting Riker right now. Riker says this to Picard in um, uh, Best of Both Worlds, part one. So I'm saying the same thing. But, you know, it's the Farragut. It's fine. And, and, you know, this is, this is you know, here, here's how I would describe the Farragut. You're on a ship and you're being attacked by bad guys. Let's say you're being attacked by Romulans because we're talking about Bonds of Terror. 
And what if your officer says, sir, there's another starship coming in. It's, and then when you hear the Farragut, can you hear them going, it's the Farragut. Uh, it's the Farragut. They're here. Oh, well, well, let's see what the Farragut can do. Whoop-de-doo for the Farragut. Uh, sure wish we had the Enterprise coming in, saving us right now, but we got the Farragut. So I feel like because Captain Kirk is not captain of the Enterprise and he's captain of the Farragut, he doesn't quite have the same, I'm Captain Kirk, captain of the Enterprise, swagger. Because, yeah, it's it's not the same type of ship. And as we all know, the Enterprise is the pride of Starfleet. It's the flagship, which I'm actually not entirely sure if the Enterprise is the flagship in the original series. But either way, it's like it is the creme de la creme. It is like, oh, we got a situation we're sending in the Enterprise. Whereas the Farragut was like, yeah, Farragut's cool, but it's not it's not a hero ship. So Kirk is still cool because he's like, hey, I'm I'm 30, whatever, and I'm a captain. That's pretty awesome but not quite the same as being the captain of the Enterprise. And then I think the other difference between the Paul Wesley Captain Kirk and our Captain Kirk, or I shouldn't say our Captain Kirk, but like classic William Shatner Kirk, is that he's not surrounded by Spock and Uhura and the usual crew on the Enterprise. He's surrounded by a different crew, so he hasn't been exposed to them and i guess by him not being with those group of people he's not quite the same person and this is something that paul wesley has even talked about in an interview where he was describing jumping into that role and this new kirk that we were seeing so i think when you look at those two aspects i think it makes a lot of sense as to why captain kirk isn't full captain kirk in that episode but overall i was very happy to see captain kirk and i love the idea that they brought in captain kirk And I actually really have a lot of fun saying Captain Kirk. So I'm going to say Captain Kirk one more time. But yeah, overall, very happy with Paul Wesley's uh, addition to the show. And um, looking forward to seeing more of uh, pre-Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk, if that makes sense. So overall, Quality of Mercy was an amazing episode. And as I said, Strange New Worlds is an amazing show, near perfect. But now... I have to talk about my two gripes. Can you guess where I'm going? Well, number one is, well, actually the number one. I think Una is such a great character in classic Trek, even though we only get to see her in one episode, The Cage. But I think she had a lot of great potential, and I liked Una's betrayal by uh, Rebecca Romaine. I think I kept saying Rebecca Moraine in my last podcast, which I apologize for because it's Rebecca Romaine. Let me confirm that before I continue. So I just confirmed it is Rebecca Romaine. I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. I don't want to be butchering that. But yeah, she did a really great job in in Discovery Season 2 and in the short treks that we saw. So I think she was great. I think she's actually, she's a fantastic actor. And I always say fantastic, but I think she did a really great job in the show. My only gripe is that she just wasn't given enough to do. It was like, all right, let's have a scene with her. And then she'll say some dialogue and then she'll leave. And it's like, come on, you have such an amazing character. Don't Chakotay the character. And I love Chakotay, but by the end of that series, Chakotay was just relegated to, well, I'm here now. Here's some dialogue for me to say. Ah, Captain, if we reroute shields to whatever, whatever, uh, we can do this thing. Do it. And then he'll go, Harry, do that thing I just suggested. Or he'll come in and be like, Captain, uh, you shouldn't do that thing. Okay. All right. So... I don't want her to get Chakotay. She needs to get more development in season two, which I'm really hopeful they can do. 
because we know that Strange New Worlds has the potential to do that. We know they can do that for its characters. We know the writers are good because we've seen what they can do with the other characters. But uh, but Una is just it's, it's disappointing and it's just respectful to Rebecca Romaine because she needs more stuff to do. So please give her more stuff to do in season two. All right. I know you're not watching this Star Trek Strange New Worlds writers, but if you are, please hear me out and heed my advice and make her awesome because I know she has the potential to be an awesome and an awesome, sorry, and an amazing character. That's what I'm trying to say. And then my number two complaint is the death of Hemmer. Hemmer, come on, man. You were incredible. Hemmer was a character I was looking forward to every week. So I'm like, are we getting a Hemmer scene? Are we getting a Hemmer scene? We're getting a Hemmer scene, everybody. Everybody, quiet down. We're getting a Hemmer scene because I loved Hemmer. Hemmer was a lot of fun in that he was a really great combination of being rough and being, uh, I'm a I'm a gruff guy. I'm not touchy-feely, but I'm still going to open up to you and give you some really heartfelt advice, much in the same way that Odo was gruff. And it's so cool that this is the first blind actor in Star Trek. And I'm not saying oh, you shouldn't kill the character off just because the guy is blind. And I'm not saying that we only like him because the actor's blind, but we like him because Bruce Herrock brought so much dimension to the role and made him a really unique engineer and a unique character. And that's that's really hard to do when you're casting an engineer for the Enterprise, the original Enterprise, and it isn't Scotty. It's like, well, how can you possibly live up to Scotty? Scotty's legendary. But Hammer could have been legendary. Hammer is legendary now. And now he's gone. I thought that the death was really handled well. And it was really poignant and really thoughtful. I just wish it didn't happen. There's no need for him to die. Just say, oh, uh, it wasn't actually an alien egg. It was, um, you know, ate some bad food and had to be called back to the ship because of that. Like, you don't want to, like, let's just say that if you're having tacos, you want to make sure that you're having good quality tacos before you go on an away mission because you don't want to be stuck on a planet with Gorn and a stomach problem because you had some really bad tacos or something. So that he didn't need to die is my point. I don't know why I'm going on about tacos right now. Please forgive me. It's I'm tired, and I'm also hungry, which I shouldn't be because I need to actually go to bed soon. So I don't know why I'm going on about tacos, but, but basically it could have been anything other than Hammer's dead. So those are my two gripes. The misuse of Una and the lack of character development for her and the death of Hammer. I mean, it's outrageous. I'm appalled by it. I'm not really appalled. I'm, I'm bummed out. I'm still going to be waking up at night going, ah, Hammer's dead. But then I'm going to be like, but Balance of Terror. We got to see Balance of Terror on Star Trek in the present. We got to see Balance of Terror on Strange New Worlds. Mind blown. Mind blown. And uh, I love the series. I think this is amazing. I just love Strange New Worlds. I can't get enough of it. And I'm going to give it a score. I'm going to copy IGN because IGN just gave it a 10 uh, last week. I think they're right. I think it's a 10. Granted, it's not a perfect series, but as they always say at IGN, a 10 doesn't mean that something is perfect and there's no flaws. It just means that it's so expertly done that it's masterful is what they call it. So yeah, there's a couple of flaws. There's a couple of gripes that I have with Una and with Hammer, but it's a 10. The show is perfect. And now we just have to wait for season two and see, can it be as good as season one? Maybe it's only going to be a 9.5, maybe only an 8.5, and maybe there's going to be one stinker in season two. Who knows? But I'm excited, and I can't get here soon enough, so please 
Play Strange New Worlds. Come out right now. And I've got to say before I go, there's no way I can talk about Strange New Worlds for an entire episode and not bring up Captain Pike's hair. Captain Pike, you have amazing hair. I don't know why I'm saying it like you're actually watching this. And if you are, you're not actually Captain Pike because you're Anson Mount because Captain Pike is a fictional character. But Anson Mount, come on. Your hair is amazing. I love it. I'm in love with the hair. And it just adds so much to the show. I know it's a divisive thing to say because it's caused quite a controversy among the fandom. But Captain Pike's hair is phenomenal, just like the rest of the series. And it is absolutely a 10 out of 10. But what do you think? Do you agree with me? Do you think I was a little bit too generous to the Strange New World? Or do you think I'm totally on point? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And also let me know what you like and what you don't like about this podcast, because ultimately my goal is to make a show that you enjoy listening to. And in the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there that away. <laughs>